Being brave enough to be alone frees you up to invite people into your life because you want them and not because you need them. Mandy Hale. Hey guys, what's up? And welcome back to another Coffee Talk podcast episode. This week, I figured we could talk about how to be single again because, well, obviously I am single again, but also too, because I feel like it's been a general theme. I've been noticing pop-up places. Like I read a quote just the other day, something along the lines of how self-love is the greatest romance of them all. And I don't know. I swear that when you go through a breakup, it's like it's plastered across your forehead or something because guys have just been coming out of the woodworks, like resurrecting from the dead, new ones just popping up out of nowhere and coming out of hiding. And it's like everywhere I look, there's just, I'm not mad about it, but there's beautiful men everywhere. And so I'm learning a lot, not just about being single and dating and just about, you know, all of that. But I feel like I'm learning a lot about how to properly self-care and how to properly self-love and actually how to properly be alone. Not that I haven't been alone before. I've been single before. I spent like a year and a half actually being single before I moved to Toronto. And then once I got here, I was pretty much in a relationship. But then last year again, I was like single for another year. So I'm not new to the single life, but I feel like each time I am single and with each relationship that I've had or each person that is like you know, touched my heart or my soul in some kind of way, I've learned so much. And this time around, I feel like I've always kind of done the single life where I've been single and I've enjoyed being single and kind of doing what I want to do. But I've always been like searching or waiting or looking for someone. And this feels like the first time I'm not really doing that, which I have to say, guys, it might just be the actual magical formula that's making all these people come out of the word works because it's almost kind of like when you stop looking, you start finding things. I don't know. That seems to be the case anyways. But anyway, that's not what I want to talk about in today's episode. It's not about how to find a person or how to find someone to like, you know, be in a relationship with or define your life by. This is going to be more about how to actually find more of yourself, how to be in a relationship with yourself and define your life by not necessarily yourself, but your own principles, your own, you know, values, things that matter to you so that when the right person does come along, you'll know because they'll be aligned with what you're aligned with. So I guess that's kind of more so the mood is becoming more aligned and attuned to myself without having to take anyone else into account, which I think is such a gift of being single. If you have the chance to be single later on in in your life, I think it's cool because then you get to kind of pick and choose exactly how you want to live your life, which also will make it so that when the right person that's going to fit into that puzzle and you'll fit into theirs, when you guys kind of meet each other, you'll be ready rather than just trying to jump on something to feel safe or defined, right? So like I said, I dedicated all of September to self-love. But that didn't mean that I couldn't like explore my options, right? Like I accepted a few date offers. I'm not going to lie. I met up with an old flame of mine. I even found myself kind of, you know, crushing a little bit again. But I guess, you know, this isn't going to be like an anti-love episode. But one thing that it's taught me is that self-love definitely is the greatest romance of them all because it can be so easy to fall out of balance or to kind of get caught up in the fun and the drama of like new potential love or crushes or the dating life or the single life or whatever you want to call it and kind of forget yourself or forget your own agenda and forget the things that you're trying to 
do here. At least that's kind of how I felt. So first things first, I guess what I have to say is that distraction, you know, also known as, am am I allowed to say this? It's something that Larissa and I started calling it last year, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Dickstraction. That's, That's a lot of the times what it kind of starts to feel like. I find any time that I'm single and I'm not kind of focusing on myself, I'm kind of like, oh yeah, like let's go off and see what's out there in the world. I find myself to be very distracted or distracted, if you will. The beauty of being single is that, at least for me, it's being able to cut out any distractions for what you want to actually be focusing on. And that's the thing is that this time around, this journey of being single again, I am, again, not new to this journey, but this time around, I've had so much to focus on. There's a lot going on, a lot on my plate, a lot of things that I'm really excited about and goals that I'm going for and just, you know, people that I want to be around too. I've got my sister's wedding coming and just family and friends. And so every time I found myself kind of reaching out to kind of step outside the comfort zone, maybe take on a date, meet someone new, whatever, it kind of started to feel a little bit like distraction and not in a bad way. Cause like I said, this isn't about anti-love. It was just more so about pro yourself. And I felt like I was putting my own things off to the side to basically make myself available to go on dates and do these things. And then I was like, why am I really doing this? Like, is this really what I want my focus to be like right now? I think becoming aware of how your relationships affect your head and your heart, it's valuable information. And that's kind of the information that I've been downloading lately with taking more time to just be like, actually, I'm going to spend some time on my own because I was able to not only reflect on my past relationships and see how there were similar patterns and also new patterns and different patterns, but basically how all of those patterns, including people that I haven't dated or people that I've just met, how they affect the relationship I have between my head and my heart how I'll ignore my gut feelings sometimes or how I get way too in my thoughts or how sometimes it's hard to control the way that your heart feels. It kind of feels like an emotional roller coaster, you know, when you're into somebody or when you're dating somebody or when you're single and maybe kind of seeking out some options. But when you start ditching yourself to hang out with other people, it turns from fun, single, whatever life to distraction from self-care and growth. And self-care and growth were literally what I devoted this whole month to. So that's kind of the first thing I would say becoming single again has definitely taught me is that I needed to stop ditching myself to make myself available for other people. The second thing that I think we all tend to notice, or maybe you catch yourself before you actually participate in this, but something that I think is common amongst people that are single, especially if you've been single for a long time, is that you may start noticing yourself lowering your standards. And that's why I think, again, too, it's important to not let yourself get so distracted or almost wanting to be with somebody so bad that you're willing to kind of accept the love that you don't deserve. If you guys have heard the quote before from, uh, I believe it's like the art of being a wallflower. It was, we accept the kind of love that we think that we deserve. So you might meet someone great. You might meet a great guy or a great girl, or maybe a couple great guys or a couple great girls, but there's always like these little yellow flags. Maybe they're even sometimes red flags, but you kind of convince yourself to ignore them because you're having so much fun, or you convince yourself to ignore them because it feels so nice to just have somebody to hang out with. Convincing yourself that these signals are misread 
or that, you know, maybe you should just give them another chance or whatever. Doing that, I feel like is the epitome of lowering your standards. And when you lower your standards, you're basically telling other people what you're willing to accept. And it's not about necessarily being like, look, I'm not going to accept this. It's just about for yourself. You don't even need to give an explanation saying, you know what? There's a red flag. Time to stop wasting my time here. Before you can get back out there, at least for me anyways, I thought it was super important to make a list, a non-negotiable list that is just for you. You don't have to show anyone. You don't have to even let anyone know that you've done it. But it's just something in your journal, on your phone, like in a notepad or whatever. Just write down a few of the non-negotiable things that you'll never waver on, things that you'll never lower your standards for. And then the minute that you catch a yellow flag, be aware of it. And then the minute you see a red flag, don't waste your time. It sucks because like I said, you can meet an amazing person. They might be incredible in so many different facets of life, but if there are non-negotiables that you're suddenly negotiating, then you're lowering your standards. And when you lower your standards for a guy or a girl or whoever your interests are, you lower your standards for yourself and how you actually love yourself. So it's not even just about accepting love that you think maybe is at a lower standard than what you deserve. But then that also starts to tell yourself or your subconscious that you're not worthy of what you know is out there, that you're not worthy of what you want most, that you're willing to settle just to feel a little bit better in the moment rather than to believe that the kind of love that you do know is out there and that you do know that you deserve and that you do know you're capable of giving and receiving isn't meant for you because you're sitting here lowering your standards. So you're also lowering the standard at which you love yourself. I know that sounds like super heavy and kind of complicated, but I just feel like it's important to note on this because I think that this is one of the biggest things that I see amongst myself and my friends and most people that I know is that it becomes really easy when you're single to kind of lower your standards or negotiate what you're willing to settle for in order to keep people in your life that maybe shouldn't be in your life. And it's honestly, in a lot of ways, in order to avoid admitting to ourselves that maybe there's just certain people that aren't meant to be for us or we're not meant to be for them. You know, they're not meant to be part of your story. Maybe they were just like a page or a quick little chapter. And that can be hard if you're someone that loves to be around other people or loves to love. Like, I'll be honest, I'm a lover. Like, I love to love. I love being in relationships. And I think that's why if I'm reflecting on my own life. I'm a relationship girl. I'm always kind of in a relationship. And if I'm not in a relationship, I'll rarely waste my time dating around with people if I notice that it's just not what I'm looking for. Because I just don't see the point in wasting each other's time. Like, yeah, okay, dating can be fun. Don't get me wrong. And I'll dabble with some fun every now and then. But it doesn't last for me very long because then I find that if you stay too far in the fun zone or too far in the wanting to just keep yourself occupied zone, then you really do start to lower your standards sometimes without even noticing it. So just be aware of that, you know, be aware of the distractions and the standards that you set out for yourself and really take the time to ask yourself what is non-negotiable for you. It doesn't need to be silly things like it's non-negotiable you know, that this person has to give you gifts or take you out on dates or always pay the bill. Non-negotiables, at least for me anyway, are 
honesty, integrity, a sense of determination or drivenness, you know, for their own life and their own goals and a sense of self or a sense of authentic self, like things like that, that are non-negotiable for you, or even maybe it's monogamy, maybe it's honesty. I think I already said that one. I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head, but you'll already know, you'll already know what your non-negotiables are. So write them down, make them crisp and clear in your mind. And the minute that you notice that someone has basically breached your own internal contract, then find a way to untangle yourself from the mess and let it go. Speaking of untangling, I'm going to quickly untangle myself from this episode and leave you guys with a couple of the messages from today's Coffee Talk podcast sponsors. Something else that we tend to forget sometimes when we're single, and it's common, but it's that, and and listen, if you needed someone to tell you, I'm here to do that today. Your time and your energy are valuable. Like even if you don't think it or believe it, it is true. You only have a certain amount of time and energy that you get to spend on this earth and you don't want to be emptying it and having to constantly recharge yourself in order to basically just again empty it for someone that doesn't deserve that time and energy. Take this time, this single time that you might find yourself in if you're listening, to actually authentically recharge yourself in a way that makes you feel whole on your own. I know that sounds cliche, but it's so important to do so because like I said, your time and energy are valuable. Once you become single, or if you already are single or have always been single, you officially have all the time and energy of your own at your fingertips undivided. And I get it. I get it how like, you know, you're scrolling on social media or maybe everybody around you seems to be like in a relationship or happily in love or getting married or who knows what. Then it can be easy to start thinking that you want the same things. But the grass is always going to seem greener on the other side. I've been in relationships and been jealous of my single friends. And I've been single and jealous of my friends that were in relationships. The grass is always greener because there's pros and cons to both. One of the biggest pros to being single is having all of your energy and all of your time undivided. If you aren't chasing your goals, I get it. Things can kind of get a little boring or a little stale. So use this as a time to chase your goals, you know? Find fun ways to recharge and to grow during this period of isolation and being on your own and standing on your own two feet. The difference between dating and being in a relationship is that dating expels way more energy and it's so much more of a gamble. Again, this is not an anti-love, anti-dating episode. I'm not saying that if you're someone that loves to date around and that helps you feel like you're recharging or you're growing by meeting different people that challenge you, then hey, go for it. I just mean more so that if you're dating around or you're putting yourself out there for people that don't deserve it, you're expelling so much energy and it's at such a gamble rather than when you're waiting for the right person to come into your life that you're actually ready to be with like all the, not all the time, but you know, call them your significant other, at least for the time being. Again, this is coming from a girl that's a relationship girl. So take that as you will, because that's just kind of how I see life. I feel like dating around and stuff, it's fun. And I like to keep my options open. And I'm never really one to be like, no, I'm not going to go meet up with this person. Like if an opportunity arises and I think that the person is interesting or compelling or I'm attracted to them or I'm curious about them, then I'll definitely take them up on the offer. But usually I feel I'll know within one to three dates 
whether or not it's something I could see going somewhere or something I can't. And if I can't really see it going anywhere and it just seems to be taking up a lot of my time and my energy, then I'll usually cut it loose because it's back to point number one. It's just a distraction, you know? There's this thought I had the other day when uh, I was kind of thinking about someone in particular. And uh, one of the thoughts that I had was that you are as free as your mind. And I'm sure I've heard this somewhere before, but the reason why I was thinking about it was because I was like, oh, like, see, I'm free. I'm I'm totally free. I'm single. I don't need to worry about it. This person might be on my mind, but screw it. I'm still like at my own fingertips. Like I'm, I'm still my own person and whatever. But then I was like, wait a second. But if my mind is constantly caught up in a whirlwind thinking about this person, am I really that free? If this person isn't around physically, but they're technically around mentally, how free am I really? And it was the first time that I realized that even though my time may not have been taken up, my energy was still being taken up, at least mentally thinking about this person, wondering what they were thinking, wondering what they were doing, wondering what just thinking about them. And that it kind of hit me because I was like, whoa, I didn't even realize that even though I've devoted all of my time to work and to doing these things that I want to do, this person's still popping up in my mind. And I don't think there's necessarily anything bad about that. It just made me aware of the fact that like, okay, how free am I really if that's where my mind is constantly going? And does this person deserve to be on my mind? It's just a thought that you might want to kind of, or question, I guess, if you will, that you might want to ask yourself. Because I mean, here's the thing. I'm a big believer that we need to learn to be our own biggest cheerleaders. You're going to have tons of cheerleaders in your life. And some of them might actually be people that you end up dating, marrying, loving. God only knows. They might also be your best friends, your family members, the people around you. But you need to be your biggest cheerleader, even if no one hears you cheering. You know, you need to celebrate your own accomplishments and take yourself out on dates and learn to be comfortable in your own skin. Learn to be comfortable in your own company. Get yourself a nice gift when you've done something incredible. Push yourself to start going after new goals or things that you've always wondered about or things you've always known you wanted to get into. Rock that style that you've always wanted to wear or change your hair in that way that you've been curious about or believe in yourself without needing anybody else to believe in you for you. I think that's one of the biggest things that when you are single is such a gift, I guess, is that you learn to actually date yourself. And in a lot of ways, being your own cheerleader, that's, I guess, personally, again, when I think about the person I want to be with, the person I want to spend the rest of my life with, I hope that they're going to be one of my biggest cheerleaders because I know I'll be theirs. But you don't want to be sitting on the sidelines cheering someone else on and taking up, again, back to the last one, all that time and energy to cheer someone else on. And you're not really getting that in return. And not only that, you're not giving it to yourself in return. You need to learn to kind of be your own cheerleader first before you can be a cheerleader for anyone else. At least that's been my own personal experience. And that doesn't mean that you need to master being your own cheerleader before you finally put yourself out there. But I think that it just means that your focus should be on being your own biggest cheerleader until someone comes around that seems worthy of cheering for, or at least cheering with. Another thing that I feel like is super, super important when you find yourself single again, or again, if you find yourself, you know, maybe you you didn't even really go through a breakup, but it's just someone that you were never fully dating, but someone you were involved with, who knows? I feel like it's a really good time to start noticing the types of love that you choose to put in your life. There's this app that I downloaded and uh, me, Larissa, a couple of our friends, we've all been into it. It's called The Pattern. And 
it's interesting because whether you believe it or not, it just really gets you thinking about patterns in your life. And when I look at my relationship patterns, I've noticed a few. And one of the things that it actually dives into is, you know, the people that you choose to put in your life. I have one of my patterns is like relationship blocks. And another pattern is it talks about my most ideal relationship and the type of love that I should eventually choose. And looking at that and kind of being a little bit more introspective as I read this information, again, whether you believe in it or not, it's based off your birth chart. I was basically identifying some of the patterns that it was speaking of in terms of partners that I've chosen in my life. And it made me reflect on the types of love that I have been choosing and what about them felt good? What about them felt like it was always, you know, something was missing or that I needed something more of? There were similar relationships that I've been in where there was this one thing that seemed to be missing. And then there was other relationships that I've been in that seemed to feel really good in one way, but make me feel really crappy in another way. Another thing I feel like this time around has been a big theme is the idea that what you enjoy about other people, be it romantic partners or even friends or your heroes or your mentors, whatever it is, a lot of the times the reason why we enjoy certain things about people is because they reflect something that's within us. And that goes to say the same about challenges and obstacles as well. But this one's important because I feel like this is exactly kind of back to being your own cheerleader. A lot of the times I feel like we stay in relationships we shouldn't be in out of wanting to feel comforted and to feel safe. And the reason why is because we think we're not going to find these certain attributes anywhere else or in anyone else, but we totally forget that we actually have them within ourselves too. Otherwise, they wouldn't be things that attracted us to that person or they wouldn't be things that we enjoyed about that person. So how much of what you needed more of Do you need more of from yourself? And how much did you enjoy in your past relationships that you actually already have deeply embedded within you or that you know is out there in someone else? These are just basic patterns and questions and little tiny things that you might want to become aware of and notice the types of loves and the types of relationships and the types of people that you're choosing to basically seek after, go after, and keep in your life and keep in your heart in a lot of ways without sounding too corny. It's an important and I feel like a very powerful thing to notice in yourself something that you thought to be so or valued so highly in somebody else and start to notice where it actually is reflected within you. And then not only that, to notice the things that you weren't getting, to notice the things that were missing from past relationships and to start giving those things to yourself without asking for them from anybody else. That to me is such a power move. That to me is winning at being single. So I have two other big main points on how to be single again, but really quick, I'm going to dip out and give you guys another little break from some of the podcast sponsors that brought you guys today's episode. If there was one thing that I could go back in time and teach my younger self, my like high school self, I would say more than anything, is that your value is not based on someone's ability to love you. This is something that I learned the hard way, I think, in life because I was always kind of waiting for someone to come around and love me without really like verbally saying that that's what I needed. And it kept me in relationships that I knew were wrong for me for far too long because I felt like if they didn't love me, how could I? And if I didn't feel cared about by this person, how would I care about myself? You know, And it kind of became this unhealthy habit of my own where I stayed in relationships that I felt were safe because I felt safe. And I felt like if I didn't feel safe with that person, then I wouldn't be safe. 
that if I didn't feel loved by that person, then was I lovable? Was I valuable? Was I able to be loved basically and defining that off of the ability of the people in my life and how they loved me? While you're out there in the dating world, it's also important to remember that rejection is always just a redirection. It can also be hard to when you are single and you are putting yourself out there and you do feel like you're ready to ask or accept somebody into your life and you come face to face with rejection because that's often a lot of the times, you know, that's an outcome that's possible is you might find somebody that you do think is really great, but they might not want to be with you. And that's like, it sucks because there's a cold hard truth. I was trying to find a nice way to cushion that, but we all deal with it at one point or another. Not everybody's meant to be your forever and everyone is just kind of meant to teach us something. One of the biggest things that I feel like I've wrapped my head around though is that I feel like all of us should agree that you don't ever want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with you. You don't ever want to spend your time and your energy and your effort, like we kind of already talked about, cheering somebody else on and giving so much of yourself to someone else and ditching yourself and ditching your goals to basically be there for somebody that doesn't necessarily give you that respect in return. So look at it this way instead. That sense of rejection, it's just a redirection to who you are meant to find eventually. But right now, it might even just be a redirection to focus on yourself. As much as that sucks and nobody likes hearing that when they're looking for love, I feel like that's the best time to focus on yourself is to stop looking and you'll find it. Think of love as like a formula. You need to find the right ingredients and so do the other people that you're coming into contact with in your life. If you think of life kind of like a formula in the sense of you know that there's a specific formula formula that is kind of going to be your bliss point. Or maybe you've already found your bliss point as your single self, but when it comes to getting back into a relationship or seeking love in your life, you're going to want to find somebody whose ingredients match the formula that you're looking for. Otherwise, you're going to be out of balance. Otherwise, you're not going to be cooking the recipe for life that you're most hoping for. You're just going to be kind of wasting your time doodling around and you know, maybe you're baking cupcakes when really you want to be baking brownies. Of course, I'm giving food metaphors. I'm about to eat lunch, so I'm a little hungry. Basically, what I'm trying to get here is that it doesn't make your ingredients any less valuable or amazing just because the people that you find might be making a different dish. Because think about it, there's probably times that you've met people where they're amazing and they're really cool and they're very valuable, but just their ingredients don't really match the dish you're looking for. So think of it, it works both ways. But your ingredients, the things that make you you, the things that make you amazing, the things that you have to bring to the table, they aren't less valuable just because someone else isn't looking for those specific values, just because someone isn't looking for those specific things in a relationship. That doesn't mean that you aren't worthy. It doesn't mean that you aren't valuable. And it doesn't mean that you aren't lovable just because someone is looking for different ingredients for a different formula to their own love life. The most important thing is what dish are you making? What love are you asking for? What are you trying to attract? What are you trying to cultivate in your life? And to stop trying to basically bend and morph yourself into the type of ingredients you think other people need and instead make that non-negotiable list of ingredients that you need for your dish. Basically, one last, you know, food metaphor before we move on to number seven, don't try and fill in everybody else's grocery list and forget that you also have your own. And that is basically what I think that being single again is a huge opportunity to learn how to stand by your own grocery list rather than to try and add yourself to other people's. Which leads me to last but certainly not least, to love yourself the way that you want someone else to because I feel like that is the pathway to finding it. And 
Okay. I guess that my only issue with saying it that way is that I just don't think, at least for me anyways, that the incentive should be that you're looking for love and that's the only reason why you're trying to find a way to love yourself first. But at the same time, maybe there's nothing really wrong with that. I think that we teach others how to treat us by the way that we treat ourselves. And so when you have low self-esteem, when you don't value yourself, when you don't value your time and energy, the types of people you're going to attract into your life will also feel that way. They won't value your time and energy. They won't value you that same way because you don't. So when you learn to love yourself the way that you are asking other people to love you, then those types of people will start to show up in your life. This is a perfect time to start prioritizing your goals, prioritizing your dreams, prioritizing your needs, prioritizing your wishes, and to show yourself and the world exactly what you're capable of. This is the time to make traditions with yourself because you don't need to be making them with other people, whether it's the holidays, whether it's Halloween, whether it's even a New Year's kiss. Who even made the tradition that people need to kiss people on New Year's? Why can't you hug your friends on New Year's when the freaking ball drops or, you know, make your own different traditions. Why can't you even spend New Year's Eve alone writing out all the things that you want to bring into your life in 2020? And then when the ball drops, you set that thing on fire in a safe way and burn it into existence. You know, make your own rituals, make your own little traditions so that you stop feeling like you're missing anything from your life because you're not. I think that if you set and establish your values and your life principles, then you'll start to align yourself with what is right for you. And then if you let go and you let timing do the rest, one day you're going to blink. This single phase of your life will be over. You will be with the person you were always meant to be with, but you'll also be with yourself. And that all starts with owning being on your own and realizing that that doesn't make you lonely. It doesn't make you any less lovable. It doesn't make you any less valuable. It doesn't make anything that you have to bring to the table not good enough. It just means that you've been gifted a chapter of your life where you get to dig deep and soul search and grow and stand on your own two feet and show the world what you have. And when the right person comes along, they're going to know exactly how to basically help you bake or cook the formula of life that you're looking for because you're already in the kitchen whipping it up because you don't wait for anyone. And yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's prior to lunch. I'm getting hungry. So I'm going to leave you guys on that. Let me know what you guys think. This has basically been where my kind of focus and my mind has been at with being single or finding myself single again. Like I said, I'm not like, I'm not a prude. I'm not like, screw guys. I'm never going on dates, blah, 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 blah. But I just have other focuses right now. And I know exactly with my non-negotiable list now what kind of, you know, formula I'm looking for. And until I find that formula, I'm not going to waste too much of my time. And that's kind of like, I guess, in a lot of ways, it's a powerful stance to take with yourself because in itself, I think that is a formula to self-love is to know the love you deserve, to know what you're looking for. And until you find it, to give it to yourself and to stop settling for a false insurance policy that someone might be able to give you that love one day or on the false exception or misreading somebody to push them into the ingredients you need so that it basically feels safe or you feel like you have someone to spend time with. You don't need to be doing those things and you already have everything you already need within yourself. And trust me, I feel like time will go much faster than you think and suddenly the right love will be in your life. So hold on to that. And aside from that, I'm going to go cook myself up some lunch because I am starving. So I hope you guys are all having an amazing week and I'll talk to all of you guys all next Monday. Bye guys.